well, well. Ah, welcome to Preach Care Preach with Rashad. We are the prophets here. Another episode, another sermon. Uh, Rashad, man, what's going on? We're back again, man. It's been an off week for the NFL. They return tonight, and so do we. So we'll be back in the game like the NBA. Definitely. Uh, we're coming at you from 12 Ounce Sports, Zingo TV, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. And anywhere else you can find us, uh, like I said, welcome to the show, guys. Um, hey, we had an interesting all-star weekend, and I kind of want to start there, uh, kind of a recap of, of, of what happened, our thoughts on it. Uh, so I, I'm going to let you go first, man. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good weekend. Um, you know, the all-star format worked out pretty much perfect. I know people are complaining about how the game ended on a free throw, but I mean, the other points are scored off of free throws, so you really can't complain about that. So I thought the All-Star game was a success. The the quarter-based system of getting money for the charities, I thought that worked out. I thought the 24 in the fourth quarter worked out. I just want to see what they're going to do going forward. Will, that, will the, the number always be 24? Like, is that going to be part of the – uh, the legacy of the Kobe thing, the All-Star game would always be 24, or would that number change throughout the upcoming years? And everything else was kind of exciting, too. The three-point contest came down to the last rack, the last shot. Dunk contest went into overtime. A good USA versus the World game. So I think everything also, again, it was pretty perfect. One of the best we've uh, ever had. Yeah, I think this was, in my in, as far as my lifetime, the best all-star weekend from even, I mean, the celebrity all-star game. I love watching, just watching celebrities and stuff. Um, but yeah, everything else, man, everything coming down to the wire. Every single event came down to the wire. Even the, the skills challenge with it was my guy Sabonis, Lithuanian, you know, shout out to them. And, and bam, and you know, that came down to the wire. And it was kind of crazy because I, I don't, I don't think we picked the big man to win when we predicted last week, but all the big, all the big men won the first round. I thought that was pretty funny, but Three-point contest, dunk contest, even though it had this, you know, was Aaron Gordon robbed or not, it still was what everybody was talking about. And I thought that's the that's the whole reason, you know, you want All-Star Weekend, all the stars, and everybody's out here watching it. And with everything coming down to the wire, it was, it was perfect. I love the idea now of the, of the uh, All-Star. I remember mean, I we were talking about I was like, man, that's a good idea. We, we knew that they were going to play hard. And, and you saw that they had to because, you know, uh, Team LeBron was down, with 10 going into the last quarter? So they had to score basically 34 instead of 24. Uh, but I think 24 is a good mark because it's hard to score, especially when all everybody's a star and it's hard to just score against other stars. It's easy to score against a role player, but not a, not the Kawhis of the world. And you got NBA, Giannis leaking around the paint. So it's, it's kind of hard. Everybody's strapped up, and it was great. Yeah, I'm hoping they don't advance it more than 25. Like, if it goes past 24, like, keep it at 24 for the, the Kobe legacy, the Kobe impact, as well as the award. So, keep it at 24. Nothing more than 25, because I feel like more than that, 
you're running the risk of guys having to put up 40 because if somebody is already down 10 plus the target score is 30, now you got all-stars trying to get 40 points. And you don't want to see anybody get – like I don't think it's ever happened before outside of Kobe getting his nose broke by D-Wade. Like, but I don't think anything major has happened, like somebody tore an Achilles or ACL or just anything major. So I don't want to see the target score going up to like 30 and then now somebody got to try to score 40 to win the game. And you got these guys locked in, playing defense. They're trying to dunk, entertain the fans. So keep it at 24. Uh, if you want to do, get a different number, 25, I wouldn't want it to go past that. Um, and Aaron Gordon stuff, people got to stop saying he was robbed. I thought he should have won, but that don't mean he was robbed either because Derrick Jones did do some spectacular dunks. I wasn't. I mean, he kept doing almost the same dunk for us, like you know, <laughs> between going the between legs. The, between the legs. Yeah. So like he was doing the same, you know, the same same dunk just in different form different uh different form but i don't want to say he was robbed because some of the dunks he was doing were pretty spectacular too and you know scoring wise you know 49 50 stuff like that it was pretty close i think it's just how we we i think we all were rooting for gordon he did do some spectacular stuff and just how it ended kind of made it seem like a robbery uh so i guess going forward they should just probably come up with like a dunk committee you know for like who should be judging or something like that to make sure it's it done right. Yeah, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't even say a, a dunk committee, but I, I think they should put back in the decimal situation. Like I'm, I'm like I know like skating does that a lot. You know when they have little uh, matches, whatever. You know how somebody get a score nine point three seven five. We ain't got to do all that, but uh, like the what Aaron Gordon did, the dunk from the baseline, like that's a like that's a fifty, right? And then like, I would 70. say. Yeah, 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 even seventy. Yes, you're right. <laughs> but I was even, I would even say like a, a, a dunk that Derrick Jones got a 54, 50 on. It was probably more like a 49.3. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it wasn't really. It was more than a forty nine. It just wasn't a fifty. And I think that because we set, it's like whatever we set that night as a fifty, everything that give get us off our feet is a fifty. And your fifty versus my fifty might not be the same. And that's that's really the only way I can see saving the dunk contest because it is a, it is great with all these athletes now that we have it got to be a way to to play to to, to make like Aaron Gordon's dunk be a fifty uh, what you know what uh, Pat Connaughton did one time instead of him getting a fifty, uh, 50 let's let's give him a forty nine point two I mean and if you want to keep it more simple you can do halves point fives only that's fine but. All fifties ain't the same, you know what I mean, and that's I think that's why the biggest thing about Aaron Gordon being quote unquote robbed came from is because the dunks he did when you stack up hit the greatest dunks of the night. I would say Aaron Gordon's were more at the top than Derrick Jones's or anybody for that matter. But if we saying this is a like this one dunk here is a fifty, everything else has to be a fifty as well. And you know I was looking at the old dunk contest back in the day, and I was like, man, that's a fifty. That's like a thirty now, <laughs> so it's kind of crazy. So like we are, we already set the norm where the fifty is. I don't know whether we go we go past fifty or somebody has to make a mark and say this dunk right here is only a forty two. Like we can't just get the first dunk we see. Oh, it's a fifty because the rest of them gonna be fifties. What you saw, Aaron Gordon get straight fifties all night. Derrick Jones didn't have all fifties, but close to it. And like and like you said, you did mention like he was great too. So we can't really say that he wasn't the champion. Um, but like, but if we like, if we talk about adding all your points up, or even just the best dunks of the night, then I would say Aaron Gordon was the champion. But you know, neither here or there. 
I, I think it's crazy that we, you know, after that night, that's where you debated. The next, the next day, we shouldn't be really be caring about a dunk contest like that. Yeah, I think we only care about it because I think we were all hoping for like that repeat of maybe next year he'll come back and duel off against Levine, or maybe next year Zion's healthy and we can get a, a Zion into the dunk contest. So I know people were excited about Ja getting in, and once he saw everything happen, he kind of came out right away on Twitter like, "That's it for me, deuces. I'm, I'm cool on it." So I think more of the the aftermath that it led to is what kept kept everybody talking about it, like, you know, the, the scoring and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's kind of what led to the aftermath. But it was a great dunk, dunk contest, one of the best we've seen. And, like, just to your point about the old dunk contest, I think now the – I mean, athletes have always been great across the board throughout the years in dunk contest, but it's just the fact of, like, now guys are taking it to a different level and guys are using props versus back when the – a Dominique and Mike do it off. It was just them and the ball. Right. So like, I, I, I think now the, you know the, the criteria of what we're scoring. Like people are scoring more of like theatrics. I remember man, John Collins had to jump over an airplane like to see the air <laughs> Like so like I think that he, he almost tripped over the plane. Like, he did break it. So I think now it's more people are just looking at like the theatrics of it all versus just trying to just trying to dunk pretty much. Because like back back in the eighties, early nineties. Nobody was really jumping over somebody. They were just doing like unique style dunks. Like Dominique, with all the power, was just ducking hard, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Blake Griffin jumping over the front of a car. You know, like you said, theatrics. Uh, I, you know, that, that key sponsor for the NBA. That's all it was. <laughs> hey, that was smart. That was smart. You know, you know, dunk. I remember uh, Dwight Howard. Remember he done, he done like a like a fourteen foot goal. Uh, yeah, I think he put or twelve, like, oh, 12 uh, foot, like, like 12, 12, yeah. twelve. And like, see, to me, you do that, you should win. <laughs> like you, you do something very, very, you know, incredible. And either like, I know they they kind of change the rule. They, they pretty much change the rule every single year. Three point contest, they get the Mountain Dew shot now. I like, think they change the rule every single year. Hey, so you, hey, shout out, shout out to the Big Three because I think the Big Three with the four point shot is kind of like in like the same spot. So shout out to the yeah. Big Three for you know having a little impact on the NBA, which is why we need these other leagues like the big three like the xfl shout out to xfl too another good second week in my opinion oh definitely they, they, my boy dallas yes sir got that first win anyway uh yeah you're right the big three have a lot of imprint on that and uh you know that was that was great to see because you got to see the range of players and how easy it was uh that was great devin booker went from not even being in it to almost winning the thing and he was outstanding i don't know why he wasn't in, it in the first place uh like aside from him not you know whether you say he all-star or not he should have been a three-point contest. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. He should have been in something. But I guess, you know, kind of once all the – everybody kind of names who they want in it, it, it kind of just goes how it – you know, how it goes. But, yeah, the, the, the big three having a target score for their games, that's kind of a uh, NBA aspect now for the All-Star game. And, of course, like the four-point shot. So, they, they got they got the long the long jump shot. So, um, that those are two good changes by the NBA. I'm about to say, also shout out to the to the TBT, the basketball tournament, because uh, that's where Chris Paul got the idea for the All Star game. So that was pretty impressive as well. Um, the skills challenge. Do you do you like the addition now that is more of a race? Um, then you remember when the first you remember when it first started off? It was like you go down, you go dribble, dribble, dribble. Well, I guess it was a race against the clock versus a race against a person. Which one do you prefer? Uh, the one now is 
more exciting because it comes down to like, oh, they they, they, they trying to be too cool. They got to figure it. got to figure it up. Then the time misses the shot. You know, you, you could have a, a shoot off or you no. Know, I just think it's a little bit better with the pass. Like you, you're kind of you have both elements. You're trying to do it against the person, and you're thinking like, oh, if I mess up, they can get me. Versus just going through the motions by yourself and just trying to get a time. I, I like it better against a uh, a person. You know, you know something I miss. I miss the uh, what, what was that thing called where you had the different teams? Like you had a WNBA player, NBA player, or, or um, a legend. Like I miss those. Uh, I forgot what it was called. What's called shooting, shooting skill. Shooting oh yeah, stars yeah, like the shooting stars challenge, all that kind of stuff. But I guess you know they only could do it for so so long because the whole point of what they were doing, it was kind of getting I want to say boring, but it wasn't as exciting because you have to hit you know. Somebody got to hit the close shot, the mid-range, the three, and then it was taking people so long to hit the half-court shot. It, it was kind of the smartest to do away with it, I guess, because yeah. you, you're having that legend. So, like, uh, nobody want to see DeKim and Matumbo trying to shoot a half-court <laughs> shot. Hey, but that's their fault. They, sh- they know they need to have either – like, I don't know. I, I just feel like it, it, it was cool to see that, especially, uh, you know, where we have to in- incorporate our WBA uh, stars as well. Um just because you know, if we wanted to grow, like I feel like people need to see see them more. Uh, like even the, the like, celebrity All Star game, I know Aja Wilson, I know Chelsea Gray, uh, and they was playing in it, but a lot of people didn't. I people like, who who is this? Who is this? You know, and you know, it, it it comes down to a point where, you know, where we try to build on legacy. You know, the whole weekend was representing David Stern and, and Kobe Bryant, and you know, Kobe Bryant meant to WNBA. I thought maybe that's kind of the same, you know, thing. Maybe we can bring that back, or, or you know, something where we can incorporate our WBA stars on, on on that Saturday, just because that's where all the everybody eyes on. I, I don't think think a lot of people saw like watch the Celebrity All Star game. They come on Friday at seven, so you have to already be home chilling and, and, and waiting on the game to start to, to even watch it. But um, but I, I don't know. I, it just it just an idea because that was one of my favorite ones to watch, only because I wanted to see like I, I remember it was. Uh, Lisa Leslie, uh, I want to say, was it Rick Fox or something like that? And it was, I guess, I'm trying to think who's on who's on the team. I think it was D Fisher at the time or something like that. It was it was something like that where you had guys like that. Now you know that's you know that's always fun to watch to me, uh, just to bring especially like you said, bring the old heads back. Now to me, if they're gonna incorporate the women in the NBA All Star Weekend, it can't be a celebrity game where it's one like forty five points scored. If they're gonna incorporate the women into that, they should do it. In like the skills challenge, have some of the guys go up against the the, the ladies on like that range because like that like like to, like to me, I should they, they should do that because I don't know why people want to have these ridiculous conversations or like oh you know somebody could beat so and so in in a game. So at least they don't have like that that, that, that that competition aspect of all right. Well, the ladies are just as skilled as the guys. So to me, that'll help. You know, people want to compete more. Or go see more of the WNBA. It doesn't, doesn't make the guys kind of compete too, because like nobody want to be like, yo. You lost to, even you though lost Maya, to, uh, even, even, even though Maya Moore is great. Yeah, you lost to Maya. You lost to Sky. You lost to Diana. So like, even though you could be an elite player, you still don't want. I mean, even though these guys, they know these girls can hoop. They got pride in them. So, but it's still like, hey, you lost to so and so. So if not incorporate into the skills challenge. Maybe do uh, the three point contest. Line is different, but but three three point challenge. Yeah, yeah. I, you I think can, the line is different for them, but still, like they can they got range. They can shoot. Like Diana can shoot. If you well, I don't think because because there's no game being played that that day. I'm pretty sure on that Saturday you can incorporate another line 
for the WNBA line. And then you can, you can do the same thing. Like, I mean, granted, it might take a little longer, but you ain't got to have, like, if you have eight guys, you, you don't have to have eight girls. You can have, you know, three or four. And, you know, that, you know that, that's 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 going to be good to watch. It's not like the three-point contest lasts, what? I mean, it lasts maybe, what, 30 minutes at the most? So, I mean, if you add four more girls, I mean, I, I don't, you know, that that'll be great to watch. I, I think I think adding them in that and the skills challenge would be a, would be a great addition because, like I said, if we if we want to, I don't understand, I don't know no other way to to help build the WNBA, uh, but it's to put it put them in front of us in front of our eyes and be like, man, you know what? How is Maya Moore out here? She 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 can she shoot better than Devin Booker, you know, just, just stuff like that, you know. And then you can you can have those. I mean, obviously those debates, you know. I mean, I remember that uh Boogie versus Brittany Griner thing in the Olympics that one time, and uh. And Brittany Brown was 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 dead serious. And I was like, I don't know about all that, Brittany, but but yes, but something like this, you can say, yeah, I'm a better I'm a better shooter than you. Uh, I can I can pass better than you in the skills challenge, and you can't stop me, you know. And especially girls, they gonna take it serious, and even the guys don't, and you gonna you gonna find yourself losing. Yeah, like I would just do like a a, a soft integration of the skills challenge because that that shows more of a woman's game versus just three point contest because. The most basic part of basketball is shooting the ball. Like even even if you can't dribble or anything, you can go on the court and just catch the ball and shoot it. So to me, that wouldn't really show their skill. I don't want to do the skill challenge where they, they can show, all right, I'm fast now you down the court. I made my pass on the first try. You did it. I got my layup. Or even a girl like let's say Brittany Griner does it. She can go down there and hit a little quick little dunk and then go the other way and shoot. And like people think women can't dunk. If they see that, they're like, I got to start watching WNBA. Exactly. So, like, I really do the skills challenge, so because it, it's more encompassing of a woman's game. That's fine too. I mean, these are all good ideas. I hope Adam Silver is listening. Uh, if you are, uh, also give me a job. I can take the. I can do the Cavs GM job or something like that. Um, moving forward to. Man, the, I, do, I, <laughs> I just want five K for saying y'all should name the award after Kobe Bryant. I just want five K. I'm about to say, Rashad, you did say that first. You said that after the news of Kobe Bryant's death, that you know we yeah, if like, we want to honor him. Yeah. Day, like, he, yeah, he passed on the twenty sixth. I was like, it was like a twenty seven, twenty eight. I was like, they just named the All Star MVP of the Kobe. Yeah, I just want five K. That's nothing crazy, you know. Just five K. <laughs> you know, well, we we can we can talk about like you said, the Cavs or a DC or Knicks GM job later. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I think we can turn those programs around. Uh, so moving forward to the rest of the NBA uh, coming up, the second half of the season. Like I said, we got. Uh, I think the Bucks just tipped off. Um, and I think the Heat tip off at seven thirty. No, no really big games uh, starting right now today. But um, I want to talk about like the, any, anybody like rising and falling, and then the teams that got better over the break, meaning picking up guys who want to buy out contracts, uh, buy out contracts, and, and scooping them up and putting themselves in position to to make a run for the NBA uh, playoffs, for the NBA finals. Um, to start it off. Uh, I don't think Marvin Williams played yet, but Marvin Williams was was a sneaky ad, I think, by the Bucks. Uh, I remember we talked about it before. Marvin Williams getting bought up by Hornets is kind of kind of a good thing by the Bucks because I remember they was uh, rumored to get Markeith Morris from the uh, is he on the Pistons now? Yeah, uh, Markeith yeah, Morris he's, yeah, he's from, the, Detroit. Uh, yeah. from the Pistons, and I thought that was going to happen. You know, get you a power four who can stretch the floor. Didn't happen. Was so getting Marvin Williams for nothing basically. And you got a guy who can stretch the floors. He's six ten, uh, and the thing about it is, I, we talked about. I was like, man, imagine a lineup where Giannis is at center, Marvin Williams at power forward, and Milton at small forward, and you still not a small team, like on the court. So they 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 added another guy who can give them versatility. 
um, on the court. I think that was a big addition. And another sneaky move that nobody's probably talking about is uh, Michael Carter, uh, not Michael Carter, Michael Kidd Gilchrist uh, from the Hornets as well got bought out and went to the Dallas Mavericks. I think, I mean, we talked about it. We talked about how Dallas needed a, a defensive wing. We was both pushing for Chris Middleton to go there in the offseason. He decided to sign back to uh, back to the Milwaukee Bucks, which is also smart too. But now you have a guy who can guard the LeBrons and the Kawhis. At uh, Utah, they got Bogdanovich and Mitchell. The Rockets got James Harden and, and Eric Gordon. So you need you need you need uh, pieces. You, you need a wing that that can take that load off Luca, take that load off uh, Porzingis. And I think those two made made sneaky sneaky moves that nobody's probably gonna think about because they play for the Hornets. And who, you know, who cares about Charlotte, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, uh, I think those were good moves. What do you think about those? I know. My, my favorite move was the Mavs. I was glad they did make a move because I think now with Luka, you know, he's been banged up a little bit this year. KP's coming off his injury. He's been a little bit banged up. I think if they get healthy down the stretch with the moves they made, depending upon the matchup, the Mavs could win a first-round series. So I want to see how they get matched up because, like, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, he's not a scorer, he's not a shooter, but if you put him in the right position, he can defend and slow somebody down. You still got Courtney Lee there who's a, a 3 and D. Even though he's a little bit older, you still got Courtney Lee. Uh, Hardaway can give you some decent minutes too. So I just think that MKG move is a, a subtle move that will fly under the radar. So uh, I like what the Mavs did with that, and maybe they can – uh, win a first round series depending upon their matchup. Um, the Bucks move it didn't move the needle for me. I was more I like what the Rockets did more than what the Bucks did. Um, the Mavs move, the Clippers move, and the Rockets move. Those are like the top three I, I like. And I'm still waiting to see what happens with Tristan Thompson because uh, March 1st is like the deadline for people to get cut and be on new teams. So roughly like eight nine days. So I want to see what happens with Tristan. I don't. I know they changed the coaching staff. They beelines out of there. JB's taking over. So I'm not sure if they decide to let Tristan ride the year out. Do they just buy him out and he goes somewhere else? I want to see what happens with that. So he could be the next sneaky move. But Clippers getting Reggie, Rockets making moves, going all in, and Mavs getting MKG. I like all three of those. I'm about to say the Rockets added two more centers to their team, Demar Carroll and Jeff Green. Um, two more wings, really though. Uh, six. Well, I cry, I like six seven. Green like six ten to the mix. Um, Jeff Green signed a ten day contract. I think that was pretty smart to see if he really thinks it's a good fit. If not, he might go somewhere else. But he probably will like it. Um, I wouldn't say they those two guys fit the fit the scheme that much, but it does alleviate some pressure off PJ Tucker. Um, at being the center of the team, you can you can put Jeff Green, let him guard a big guy as well. So. Um, yeah, but I mean, I like I like the Marvin Williams move. Like Marvin Williams is is a is a key like he really is a key player. Like a guy who could, like he's a, he's the stretch forward that teams be looking for, and he's not a bad defender. So um, I think I think that's a good because if you play Brook Lopez, like Brook Lopez can't guard power forwards, right? Like you know, so if you if you run into the Boston Celtics or the Toronto Raptors, you got a guy. I'm not saying he can stop a Tatum and Gordon Hayward and Siakam, but you got a guy that's not you know. I guess speed challenged or foot speed challenged in, in in that retrospect without losing shooting. Like just we talk about Gilchrist going to Mavericks. Yes, you, you bring him on the court for defense, but you lose shooting. Uh, you lose shooting and scoring ability. You know, I think with Marvin Williams, 
you don't lose that if you take it out Brook Lopez. That's why I think is a, a good move. Um, but yeah, now I would rank I would rank the Rockets and the Clippers above them. I think uh, Reggie Jackson is a good move just as far as uh, depth purposes. So you got you got Lou Will, Pat Bev, and Reggie Jackson at, at that guard spot. You got a lot of guys who can run the show, and that way that can alleviate Kawhi from doing it. You can, that can alleviate from Paul George doing it, and they can just do their role of scoring and playing defense. So uh, that's a big move too. Uh, and I was I was hoping I was hoping that other teams like Denver Nuggets, um, Lakers, and and maybe the Raptors or Celtics do anything, uh, but they decided to stay packed. Uh, which you know sometimes do nothing is a good alternative. Yeah, I think the Celtics are still waiting on a, on a big man to get bought out because then they can bring on somebody cheap because because they're they're basically capped out. So like Celtics are either going to stay stand packed. Or they're waiting on uh, a young guy, somebody, a, a big man to come in. Yeah, and, and you said uh, Tristan Thompson, so that might be a good, uh, that might be a good um, move if, if if that happens. I mean, we we know that Cavaliers, uh, that Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson and and uh, Drummond cannot play together. So I don't know, man. That that, that whole Jim Beeline thing, that just that, that was wild in this in itself. Bad move, bad fit. He should not let the college game. I mean, <laughs> and now he can't go back to Michigan. Like, <laughs> like, like his at his age, you don't you don't leave the college game, and you don't leave. Arguably, um, I would say Michigan is one of the top fifteen jobs in the country. I mean, you don't leave a job like that. I mean, you know, you got your Dukes, your Carolinas, those guys are the state, your Gonzagas, and you know your your Villanovas, teams like that. But I think Michigan, they basically Dillon, Michigan State are like the class of the Big Ten. You don't leave one of those jobs. That that's ridiculous. To, to go to the Cavs with no LeBron, like you didn't have, there no was no hope of getting. A, there was no hope of getting somebody to come there. It's like we're gonna draft players, and they were stuck in in cap purgatory because they had Kevin Love locked up. Nobody wants to trade for his deal. So <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what Beeline was thinking going there now. They're buying you out of your deal, and they're gonna probably reassign you to the be what be a scout or in the front office. Like, what are they gonna reassign you to do? Now he won't be a scout, but he'll probably be he probably have like, uh, you know, like he probably be like, like a consultant. Um, because I mean, he he is we know we know we know he's smart a smart guy. He's he built a great program in Michigan. He I think he's I think he's a good build a uh, good program builder. I just don't know if if if, if it's if it's building a NBA team, right, right. So like a guy like Lawrence Frank, remember, you remember him uh, coaching these coaching Nets. I don't know if he was a great coach, but right now as assistant GM for the Clippers, like he, he him. I mean, I, I know you know Jerry West got his hands in it too, but he he's also put putting in a lot of work, right. So and he felt that world really really good. And, and same thing could be same thing could be for him too. So it's like he, I mean, in the Cavaliers, you, he know the players. He knows probably who's the hardest worker, blah blah blah, and he knows what the team really needs. So I mean, he can get that consultant view of it, uh, taking his hand out, hand out the pot, and uh, just wait, waiting for the meal to be served. Because it's probably it's probably best if he if he's if he's on the background anyway. Um, I think that's probably the reason why he left Michigan anyway. He probably was bored. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know, because like you said, it's hard to leave a, a great job to come to a job like this. It's not it's not like, like Brad Stevens did because he went from Butler. To a Boston Celtic big market team, while you go to a Cavaliers team that nobody ever comes to, and all that and all that nature, and 
you know, it, it's it's hard to leave a Kentucky like Calipari to go play for the Nets. I remember one bit. Uh, not uh, I mean, he was who, what team he was rumored for? Was it the Kings recently? Uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was it was either the Kings or the I Wizards. I mean, he, 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 his name always comes up. Yeah, he's just that good of a coach. Right. So, but it's like what what I really leave? Oh, uh, it was Knicks. That's right, Knicks. Would you would you leave Kentucky where you know you got the best players in the country to go to the Knicks, a team where you know you're going to fail? Like you know, it, like if I was walking to a Kevin, like right now, Kevin Durant. If I walk into the Brooklyn Nets, that's a different story. I, I have Kevin Durant on the on horizon, but Knicks, no, you know you 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 can't do that. So um, you know he probably he probably he probably had a good reason why he left, um, and I don't know what it is. But, you know, he didn't look good, especially with all that thug stuff a while back and all that. So it was. It was plug. <laughs> I don't know what he thought, man. His, his, his little story was BS. Like, I don't get why he left. I mean, this, to me, that's not a job you leave. I mean, this dude made two championship games at Michigan. I mean, he was winning a lot. 24, 25 games and up. Almost every year. I mean, I, I think tw- I know one year. I think it was the year they made a the championship run, like the first one, like in 2013, 2014. He had like a down year where they were like barely 500. But outside of that year, and when he first took over the program, the first like two or three years, he was winning 24, 25 games every year. So why would you give that up? I don't really understand it. I mean, dude, you're you're not a spring chicken. So like some of the, like <laughs> the stuff that he was. Like from based on the reports, the stuff you're trying to teach these guys, man, they're pros. These guys are making more money than you. They don't want to hear like this teaching fundamentals type of stuff. You got Kevin Love on the court throwing his arms up. I mean, it's just there was just so much going on that it was it was doomed from the start. Like I can't think of any guy who at his age of sixty seven has transitioned well from any sport, like from collegiate to pro or from pro to collegiate. I can't think of anybody that's done it well because when Jimmy Johnson took the lead, he was young. Uh, I guess we could say Pete Carroll, but I mean, oh. there was after he had already tried it, went to college and then came back. So he already had experience doing it. Like J- Beeline just went. Like He didn't, he didn't try NBA first. So he, right. he was West Virginia, then Michigan. Now, when you say very well, you mean like succeeding? Because, you know, my, my guy Herb Ed was down in Arizona State. <laughs> doing, doing, you know, doing solid this year, um, but anyway, uh, yeah. It the 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 crazy thing is in Michigan, you you had no pressure, like whether whether he won the championship or not, he wasn't he wasn't getting fired. He probably had a lifetime contract with with Michigan, probably or at least on the way, and he he could have had three little seasons three losing seasons in a row and probably would have been fine because of what he done so far in, in that program, and then going to the Cavs. He probably could have. He probably could have. He could have flew under the radar, and whether whether he gets you know fired after two or three years of that being sorry, that's fine. But he could have flew under the radar. Cleveland, it's not like Cleveland expected big things because they were sorry, and you know it didn't matter if it was Beeline or it was somebody else. They was gonna lose. So, uh, so, but he, I guess he wanted to put an imprint on it and put it on too fast, and it it, it just didn't go the right way. Yeah, outside of taking the money for this job, I can't think of anything that, you know, that really benefited him because he signed a five-year deal. And, you know, most college coaches, I think he probably was making, what, maybe three to five million in college maybe. So I think the NBA deal 
outside of the money and maybe the challenge, that's, I mean, cause I haven't heard any rumors of anything from like the ADs or people at Michigan that wanted him out. So outside of just wanting to take the NBA challenge and maybe just go get the guaranteed money for five years, I can't think of anything else. Uh, risers and fallers um, for the rest of the season. Uh, if, if you have any teams that you think will rise, you know, whether that be, you know, out the playoffs to in the playoffs or from eight seed to a five seed or anything like that, uh, who do you who do you have and why? Uh, honestly, nobody from the East because the Bucks have a clear cut spot over over you know everybody at one, and I think that middle is just jammed up where it's going to either stay the same. You may get one or two teams that swap spot, but I think in the East, uh, nobody's going to do anything. And in the West, probably the same. Uh, maybe the Mavs leap up just because they're at thirty three wins. Top with the Thunder now, 33 and 22, and the Rockets are there at 34. So maybe one of those three teams could leap up or at least kind of get out of that tiebreaker mode because the, the seeding is what's going to be important. Like, if, you know, if you're that seven seed, the Mavs, I would like that matchup against the two seed Nuggets. So like, that's, that's a series they can win in the first round. Or, or, even, but, the, or even the Jazz somehow get to the two seed because they only a, a game and a half back from Nuggets, you know. Same yeah, like yeah, right. Oh yeah, right now the Lakers are at one, Lakers are at two, Clippers at three, Jazz four. So yeah, that can flip at any minute. So I think that's the, you know, all outside of Lakers probably that's the fluid situation. But yeah, the Rockets five, Thunder six, Mavs seven. I think the Mavs could leap up. Uh, maybe Jazz as well. One of those teams could. I can see uh, leaping up. Uh, for me, I, I I'm going this approach. Uh, Kyrie Irving out for the season, right? Uh, out for the season, and I'm thinking I'm thinking this guy right here, he's a little ticked off, and they won six of the last ten games. I'm going to the Washington Wizards. I think I think with 30 games left, right, they have a chance to to make make a way to get into that playoffs. And you only you only three games back from the Magic as it is now. But now the Brooklyn Nets have no, no. I mean, I mean, granted, Kyrie being hurt probably a good thing for them. But you know that they, they don't really have their quote unquote closure. I, I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I like I like Karis LeVert. Um, but Bradley Beal, if he can, if he and John Wall might come back, if they can somehow get together and get into the playoffs, I'm not saying they're gonna do anything. But I think if they can put that, you know, Bradley Beal can get that ascension and get into the playoffs. We're talking about him on, on, on a different level. It's like, man, he took this team without John Wall with a bunch of young guys and, and, and made a push to the playoffs. So I think that as a team as a potentially can, can get there. I mean, like I said, they're not that far back now. And I, I think the Pacers, I want to say that maybe, maybe that, I mean, they're only, what, two games back from the Sixers right now uh, from, from being up in contention. But, you know, Depot just getting back. He's getting his feet under him. I think if he, he, he can get there, this pace team can shoot up really fast. Like they were three and seven in their last ten games. Like they turn that around. I think they can. They can find themselves back up to the top three, top four seed. And like you said, it's all about matchups. And they, can, I, I don't really think they scared of anybody because they're so deep. Uh, you know, as long as they have, I think they can beat Sixers, Heat, Celtics, or Raptors. It just all depends on Depot's health, right? So if I think Pacers have a good shot at rising in the East and in the West, the only team I can think of. Was the Pelicans, uh, as far as a team that can potentially 
try to try to get up there. I don't think they can compete with Memphis. I think Memphis might be too far ahead. But Pelicans can find themselves get you know with Zion back and all that. They might can get themselves above Portland and, and and Memphis take a slide because they're all young. It's possible. Pelicans maybe can get there. I don't know. But I would say that's the only team I think in the West that could possibly rise and take and, and take a spot. But nobody else, uh, I'm not I'm not worried about nobody else. Yeah, just one little quick point on the Pacers. Hope like they were a team I thought would be spectacular this year, which they have been. They're thirty two and twenty three. So they're trending towards how we had the Bill O'Brien status quo of nine and seven. The Pacers are, are trending towards the Nate McMillan status quo of 40, 40, 48 and 34. So I think the Pacers could wind up being right around that 560, and hopefully they don't lose in the first round. I, I hope they don't because if they lose in the first round again, 48 wins again, I think after I think next season is Nate's last year on this deal. I would hate for him to get fired or relieved of coaching dudes because of, you know, kind of just staying in the same same pack. So hopefully the Pacers can do something big this this uh, playoff season. But it's all going to depend upon the matchups they get. I mean, yeah, but it's also they also was injured. Like, I mean, I can't really put it on him last year to get swept because they were better than the Celtics last year in the playoffs. And the Pacers didn't have no closer. If Pacers had a closer, they win that series. Now, if Devo can get back to that status in the next few months – and it, and this right now right now that's the matchup again. I know Tatum got better. I know they got better, but the Pacers, you know, with with Lamb and Brogdon, they they basically try to fix that. So it's gonna take some time for them to gel and get all that in there because they got scores because of Depot got hurt. It was like okay, we need to get somebody just in case Depot goes down. And Brogdon, he been playing out lights out. Jeremy Lamb has, has always been solid. Uh, you know, Sabonis an all star. Now if they can get if they can get everybody to work together. I think that'll be fine. I think they can. I think, you know, us being so high on them was warranted. And we knew Depot wasn't going to be gone for a while. So, it, he's back now. I mean, it's a chance. I, I I still think this is a great team. I think Nate Miller, one of the best coaches in the league. So, uh, I like them to whoever they got in the matchup, they, they better watch out. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, race to the end. The most teams have between 25 and about 28 games left. So, it's going to be an interesting race to the end. I want to see how it all plays out. Definitely. Uh, do you have anybody that you think will fall before we move on? Or you think you think – No, not really. Okay. No, not really. Like I said, everybody's kind of jumbled up. So, I mean, if you go from a three seed to a five seed yeah, that's in not, the conference, yeah, I don't think like, to, me, that's, to, me, to me that's not falling because it's just based upon some tiebreakers. Like most teams are only a game or a game and a half behind two games. So – I mean, somebody can go six and four in a ten game stretch of four and six, and now because of a tiebreaker situation, you flip flop. So, I don't think anybody falls. The East is the top six, nobody else. So, <laughs> without the without the Bucks bottoming out, nobody's gonna really fall because they're all kind of right there. And the West is about the same thing. It's the top seven, and really the Lakers are kind of just a slight little notch above and wins above everybody else. So, it's really just three through seven kind of fighting. Well, really two through seven because the Nuggets only got 38 and Clippers got 37. So two through seven is kind of fighting for matchups to see who can maybe make that Western Conference push. Right. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Um, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about some NFL. That's what's needed to get to that next level. I'm Rob Pinnell, and I'm going to teach you 
how to be an offensive machine. All right, we are back. Um, we're going to switch gears real quick, right? And let's go into the NFL. A lot of a lot of news, man. Um, NFL CBA. I think the owners had signed off on it, and now they're waiting on the players to to take it in their hands, see what they're going to do. Um, so the first thing, I, I, I guess, I guess it's two things. So you got the playoff changes, and then you have going to a seventeen game schedule. Now. The playoff changes. So they're going to make one team have a bye instead of the two teams. And then seven teams make the playoffs making three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, uh, respectively. Uh, the team with the bye will get will get paid for that week, though. Um, all before team, teams with the bye right now don't get paid for that week. And it's kind of it's kind of you know it's kind of BS that a wild card team uh, can you know you know I, I guess I guess we're rewarding the the bye team give them a days off. But they're not getting paid for it, so it's kind of like you know it, it it should be paid vacation, right? In, in my eyes, that's what it, that's what I'm thinking of in a, in a corporate world is paid vacation, and we, and so far the under the last CBA we haven't did that. So now under this with the new playoff system, they will get paid, um, and I think I think they're trying to decide. You know, the final issues are 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 on the 17 game regular season, which you know that's an extra paycheck. I think they will cut a preseason game to, to make up for it and probably add another bye week um, as far as all that. What is your thoughts on it? I don't – I know I don't like the change. I, I'm not really for the NBA changing the, the playoff season. I'm not for the NFL changing the playoffs. Um, but what's your take first? Uh, it's, a, it's considered a transformational, you know, CBA. So I don't like it. Uh, increasing the season of 17 games or changing the, the playoff system, I think it's the worst thing ever. Why fix something when it's not broken? Like, I would be – all right, well, let's just take this year. That basically means the Rams would have made the playoffs at 9-7 and the Steelers were the best 8-18, eight eight so they would have made the playoffs. Who wants to see both of them in the playoffs this year? I mean, you got Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Versus Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, they 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 on a possession by possession basis of who's gonna be the quarterback for the drive. Who wanted to see that versus the Chiefs? I mean, Steelers defense was great, but Chiefs were the two seed. Who want to see that? Then you had Green Bay against the Rams. The Rams haven't been inconsistent all year, and they can go to cold Green Bay. They were gonna lose the game. They were gonna win that game. So it's like, why change something like that? Like I would be upset to be a thirteen and three team. And now I don't even get a buy anymore. So it's like you just eliminated the the point of getting a two seed to accommodate a seven seed. To me, that is that's that's terrible. You know, that's terrible. Why would you do something like that? You're taking away from a good team to benefit a bad team. So now when all these seventy nine teams start making the playoffs, people are gonna complain about mismatches. So it's just to me the playoff thing is just a terrible, terrible idea. You're robbing somebody. You're not even making the one seed more desirable because now it's like, it's like, oh well, if I, either we're gonna be, I mean, you're not making the two seed desirable, sorry, like because now if you're the two seed, you're like, well, we gotta play anyway, so <laughs> what's, what's the point? <laughs> right. So and then, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like that. And then you got you got a a chances that a two seed who. 
probably because of a tiebreaker, well, can't be the one, and they have to go play a game. Now, let's say they do win the game, but what happens when you play a game? Bodies get hurt again. Uh, you're not as healthy. Um, now, you, you're at home you're at home the next week, but okay, but at what cost? Uh, you know, my star receiver got hurt. My, you know, my, my star D tackle got banged up. You know, it's stuff like that. Now you're, not, now you're getting an advantage taken away from you because you were great all season. And I think it's the same way all the way through every sport, uh, like especially college football playoffs. And even the March Madness tournament kind of kind of got watered down a little bit when they started adding all these playing games and 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 you know the, the same same thing for the college football playoffs. They they want more teams in it. The more teams you put in it, the more watered down the sport gets. That's that's just how it is. And we we was on this year this year. I mean, it was a little out, outlier as far as like the NFC East being sorry, but you know or eight and eight nine and seven getting in, but. You got to think. For the most part, division winners are going to have their ten wins seasons, and your wild cards are going to have ten. They might have ten wins as well. Like the NFC been stacked this year. We knew that NFC was going to be stacked, and I'm sorry the Rams, I'm sorry the Rams couldn't get it get in. I'm sorry the Pittsburgh Steelers couldn't get in. Um, and like you said, nobody want to see a Doug Hodges versus Pat Mahomes. Like I, <laughs> you know, the Chiefs came. What well, the Chiefs were down in all three games in the playoffs, right? Uh, because the other three teams had good quarterbacks or at least solid Jimmy G and. Good team there, uh, Deshaun Watson and and uh, and uh, Teddy Hill and the boys like they they were they were solid and pretty good. Ain't no way Chiefs down ten points to those Steelers. <laughs> Ain't no way. So you know it it, it just it just the inevitable team that we're going to put out anyway. So why put them in there in the first place? I mean it's not yeah. a it's it's not a March Madness tournament where you gonna get lucky one night. You know it, this night you just hot. I don't I, that that doesn't happen in football. So. I don't know why I want to do this. Yeah, like, um, to me, less is more because you look at the NBA, it's 30 teams, 16 at the playoffs. Over half the teams make the playoffs. Like, to me, yeah, that's I'm crazy. fine with it staying. I'm fine with it staying that way because it's been that way for so long. But I would, pre- and then, you know, we would have to change a whole lot to get the playoff, the NBA playoff system down to a science because you can't have a, a 14 because now somebody's going to have a bye. You, if you have 12, somebody's going to get a bye. So, like, you know, you don't want basketball having a bye. Unless, so, all you can do it is keep it at, at 16 or cut it down to 8, something like that. So, the NBA kind of has to stay that way because of how it's set up. And, like like you said about college football, people want to expand it to 8 and 10. But why we want to expand it? Just a debate over two and three lost teams. Like, who want to do that? Right. So like, that's why I like this, this NFL thing. The NFL is 32 teams, 12 make the playoffs. Normally, under that system, normally you're going to get the 12 best, or at least you're going to get 10, no, 10 or 11 of the best. You may get one team that sneaks in because of, oh, well, the division was sorry that year. Like, like it was a few years where AFC South was sorry, where, like, no Andrew Luck. So you may get a year where the AFC South just kind of gets a random team in, something like that. But for the most part, you're going to get the 10 to 11, 12 best teams, which is what I prefer. We don't need 14 teams in the playoffs. For what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. For what? I mean, you you have, you have a little uh, a, a little leeway when, when it comes to, like, the, the best teams in the football. Like, you know it's going to be what? Maybe it might be eight real teams that can actually win the Super Bowl. And like you said, it, it's probably it's probably the best 10 or 11. You, you might get that team that, okay – I mean, maybe maybe you you could say the Rams were better than uh, 
better than the Eagles. I mean, maybe, but but then again, that's only it's still only twelve teams. Like you don't add both of them in there and, and, and try to find out. No, that's 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 not something I don't want to see. Uh, hopefully, they, they stay to the the set the the regular. I don't know why everybody want to change everything so much. Let's just stay with what has been going on for the last few years. Because when you when it comes to a, a debate later on down the line, you say, "Oh well, this coach made the playoffs ten times in a row." Well, five of those years he was the seventh seed. Like he shouldn't even be in there under the last system. And you know, and now now you're going to save you're going to save people jobs. Kind of you know, kind of think about it. Because let's say for example, everybody knows I'm a Vikings fan. For example, I remember the Cowboys. The rumors were Zimmer. If they lost to the Saints, Zimmer was going to go to the Cowboys, and we was going to hire Stefanski. Blah blah. All right. So let's say let's say that they didn't lose that game. Now, now, now you get no. Now you get fired, I guess, because you know, because you because uh, you know that whole circumstance. But if you if you was the seventh seed, but you, and you make the playoffs, they'd be like, oh, you know what? We was gonna fire you, but because you made the playoffs, even though even though you was only eight and eight, average, you made the playoffs. <laughs> we gonna give you another year, and now you're gonna keep keep teams from getting rid of guys because they should. And you know, like, like all them years, the Cowboys, Jason, Jason Garrett would have a job right now. <laughs> right now, if it, if it, this system was in play, what the years he was going eight and eight all the time, like I, I don't know, man. I, I think I think it's a bad idea. Um, the owners love it, yes. But I mean, I, well, like they 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 didn't vote unanimous on it, but they did they did have enough to to approve it. So right. I want to see what the players do. Hopefully, the players, hopefully, there are like one or two sticking points the players don't like. And they deny, and they have to go out to the drawing board. Right. But I think, you know, I think the players are going to probably agree to it. But like you said, I would hate for this to go into effect for like the playoff system because you're going to have ten years from now, people going to start it. It'll, it'll people going to start debating things like the mention somebody else's legacy. They'll start saying, well, under this system, if the Patriots want a two seed, maybe they don't make all those Super Bowls because they won't have a bye. <laughs> so, like, people are just going to start getting carried away with it, man. But, right. You know, I, I don't want to harp on too long, man. Let's talk about this upcoming NFL combine, man. Uh, yeah. So, combine. So, I I, I got to ask you this. I got I got I need your opinion on it. Carson Palmer came out and gave a war a warning to Joe Burrow about the Bengals organization and how he said he felt that they never wanted to win a Super Bowl. And the same thing happened to a, another quarterback. I think his name was uh, what was his name? Uh, Barkowski. Barkowski that, that was quarterback for the Falcons. Uh, he he, yeah. he kind of said the same thing about you know about Atlanta at that time, and given word that they should they they should pull the Eli Manning, and he, they both felt like they probably should have did that way back when, but they did, and for Joe Burrow he should he should do this, but I mean we talked about it before is like he kind the Bengals kind of have the draft of it, and you think Joe Burrow wants to go there, but his interviews. You know he's he's been he's been uh you know kind of snarky not snarky but that's not a good word but like kind of like ah, I I don't know about that idea really because the Bengals ain't you know they ain't all that and you know whether you agree with that or not it's like should he actually pull the Eli Ben? I mean he I guess he kind of does have the the leverage he could do what John Elway did back in the day as well like I don't want to go there don't draft me. I don't want to play for y'all because I think it's kind of BS already that if I draft you, I can franchise tag you through two, three times before I actually have to let you go. So he 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 he, he don't want to be there, in my opinion. Yeah, so you know, yeah, yeah. Bur- Burrow would be stuck for seven, seven or eight years because the rookie the rookie scale would run him 
uh, five years, I think, and then they can franchise tag you, transitional tag you two to three times. So he basically will be, will be, will be tied there for seven to eight seasons. So I'm not, I'm not sure if he wants to be there at all. The, the story is perfect. Like the Bengals would benefit from it for like season ticket wise because the, the story of what he did with LSU, he's from Ohio. The story's there where they can sell some season tickets. But I think if they don't get a quarterback and they continue being towards the bottom of attendance and season ticket sales, the Bengals could wind up being moved to somewhere else, man. Like they could get this franchise could be out of there. If, <laughs> like I think it's Burrow, Burrow, Burrow or Bust, honestly. But maybe if they get a guy like Tua, uh, you know, maybe something just change. They get they get Tua where they can go win some games and sell some tickets. But they probably are three to five years away from being like <laughs> probably being sold and just relocated just because they're not winning the games or selling the tickets. Yeah, I mean, but should he pull the Eli? I I say no because you don't want to do that early on because then people start gunning for you like. Like, that's kind of why Eli's reputation is what it is. They're like, well, he did all that. He got to the Super Bowl, but he still wasn't even all that great. Like, they could have got Phillip, but he could have probably did the same thing in New York. So, like, it don't really help you a whole lot. Yeah. I, I do know, like, it's kind of like, just like in basketball, like, you know, Zion and John Moran and Andy Davis, they all got stuck in places because they were so great and the teams that were there were so bad. Um, but I, I did mention, I, I, hear, I heard somebody talk about it was saying, like, how – because of the front offices, that's why it's so bad. I heard stories about the Bengals and you know they they reuse people jock straps and stuff like that. I'm like, man, that's that's crazy. That's <laughs> you know you are, <laughs> no that's, that that ain't crazy. That's freaking nasty, like, bro. You, <laughs> nasty. You, you don't do that, man. Like the owner can't be that cheap. Hey, that's 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 ridiculous. Cause especially for like a multi million billion dollar uh, team, you can you, you can't you can't do that. Um, you know, stuff like that. So I can understand like. That if Carlos Palmer felt that way, and you think about it, the Bengals. I mean, I think well, Marvin Lewis really duct taping the franchise. They, if you think if it's, if it's that bad, because once he left, this team fell off the face of the earth. Him there, you know, they was winning ten games every with Andy Dalton and stuff like that. So I don't know, man. I, should he put an Eli? Probably not, because it's a, to me like to me. I don't think coming out coming. I I probably don't remember remember it as much. But you got big man from Miami, Ohio, big uh, uh, Rivers from NC State, and Eli from Ole Miss. I don't, I don't know. The, I can't remember the draft buzz around those three to to be exact. I I have to go look it up to more, some more and see how like what coming out were they all neck and neck? Because to me, I still think if healthy, Tua is the better quarterback. I don't know how you feel about it, but I I got my draft 2.0 coming out soon. But and I will say this that that Tua is to me the best quarterback. Like all, all of a sudden, this guy has he has a great OC. He has probably one of the best receivers in, in college football in Chase, and he has a, a first round draft pick in Justin Jefferson, a great running back in Kyle Hilaire. and like I said, Joe Brady, who who he was so good, he got an offensive coordinator job now with all those talented defensive players that LSU got: Patrick McQueen, uh, Del Pitt, Chase on, like all these guys. He had and he had one great season, and I don't know if one good season is good enough. Versus a guy who always wins. And I don't know. If this looking very... I, I'm not saying Joe Burrow's not it. And I'm definitely not comparing him to this player I'm about to compare him to. But this guy, this guy, Deshaun Watson and Mitch Trubisky vibes to me as far as the better quarterback. Like, I don't think Joe Burrow is in this class of Mitch Trubisky. But when you have that one-hit wonder, granted, he's, he's, he's good. It's like, okay, 
But two have been good ever since he got into the league. Like, every time, every time he got to college football, he been he been great. And yes, you can say, well, he had Judy, he had Rugs, and all these guys. Okay, so what? I mean, the accuracy there, you see everything you see is right there. Outside of health is your only concern. So I I don't know. I don't know if he's pulling Eli Manning. I don't think he's. I don't think he he warrants that that Eli Eli pull. At least Eli had the name of Manning, and Joe Burrow doesn't have that. And if he was to pull it, what do you think would happen? Like, where you will you, you think they Bengals trade the pick, or do you think they just say, you know what, forget it, we'll just get Chase Young, and we'll just we'll just get a quarterback later. Yeah, I think if if they start getting that vibe, they'll just take Chase Young, and they'll just basically send the whole draft in a disarray. Because what Burrow at two don't really make any sense. They just took Haskins. They still got Alex Smith contract. So like. They'll just kind of send the whole draft <laughs> right. in a disarray. So uh, unless unless a team like Miami says, "Look, we got these other picks. We'll we'll come get the first. We'll take Burrow. Y'all can take some other picks in, the, in this first round and help build y'all roster." But to me, Miami is being smart. They're gonna keep them picks for themselves. Exactly. They know they get a quarterback. Yeah, like they know they can get a quarterback. They they don't have the dilemma of the Bengals. They can stay where they are, still get any quarterback they want. Still get two to three other good picks yep. and probably be a decent, a decent, a decent seven to nine, eight and eighteen probably. You know, so the, the Bengals don't have any leverage, and to me, Burrow doesn't have any because, like I said, they can just get Chase Young. And he's he's Ohio from Ohio State, so hey, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can just be like, hey, this is our guy. Uh, we're gonna just do what we can with Chase. We'll bring back Andy for a year. Or, We'll see what the Lions do at three. Maybe go try to go trade for a Matt Stafford or the Bengals got options. They don't have to take Burrow. They have options, but it'll be interesting, man. It'll send the whole. It'll, it'll just tear everybody's mock draft up. <laughs> I think ultimately, though, the the to me, if he lands in the right spot, the best quarterback in his draft class will be Jacob Eason. That's the guy I'm rolling with. That's going to be the best quarterback. If he lands on New England or in New Orleans, that's going to be the best quarterback. Jacob Eason. I mean, I like him. I, like, I mean, I don't have nothing to say, but I think I have him. I think I ranked him like my fifth best quarterback uh, pre-combine uh, wise. Um, but hey, you're right about this Miami thing. And then again, you talk about Miami. They don't even need. They don't need Joe. They don't even need Tua. They got cap space. They can go sign them Teddy Bridgewater if they really wanted to. They can go sign them Jameis Winston or Derek Carr. And use those three draft picks in the first round that they have on something else. I mean, get, get you an offensive line, get you a defensive line uh, lineman, and, and you know, and, and find your find your receiver. Like it's they can do a lot of different things they want to do. So, you know, we'll see we'll see what they actually do. Um, you know, Joe, like you said, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Neither one of them have the leverage because Chase Young is the best player in the draft. So, Bengals could just take the best BPA because <laughs> uh, Dalton Dalton is okay. I mean, yeah, they can move on from him, but. You know who knows? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Let's let's see how it turns out. Right, uh, that's our show, man. We got maybe like forty five seconds left. Uh, shout out to everybody who, who who paid attention to us. Catch us on uh, Sportscaster. You can follow us. Follow me at Pastor Kevin Kev USN and Rashad at Rashad twenty three USN. Uh, you know, follow Unwrap Sports Network. That's where we do a lot of our stuff like that. Twelve Hour Sports. Thank thank you again. Uh, we'll be back next Thursday. Catch us live. Um, Rashad, anything you want to say before we get out of here, man? Nah, shout out to my sports for the platform. We appreciate you guys. Shout out. Um, we
appreciate you guys as well. Definitely. Preach, care, preach. With Rashad, we out.